Planning an outdoor event is very different from planning an indoor event. It comes with some extra items on your to-do list. In today's episode of That Sounds Like a Plan, we're going to talk about the things you need to consider when planning outdoor events. I want to get one piece of housekeeping out of the way before we dive into today's episode. Starting next week, I'll be releasing new episodes on Wednesdays instead of Tuesdays. I doubt anyone is sitting by their phones or computers just waiting for these episodes to come out, but I wanted to let you know that that will be a permanent change moving forward. Planning outdoor events. Let's get the biggest challenge out of the way because it's the one that causes the most headaches and can derail your event quicker than you can say the calm before the storm. And it's obviously the weather. Weather can be so unpredictable, especially here in Minnesota. I've coordinated events where it was gorgeous all week long, and then bam, the day of the event, we got rain. And it's not just an issue for outdoor events. I coordinated a fundraising gala in April of 2018, and we got a huge blizzard. We hadn't seen snow like that in at least 10 years. And of course, it was the day of my event. But I digress, because we're talking about outdoor events, and weather is obviously going to be more of a factor for an outdoor event. That means you need to have a plan in place for inclement weather. You should have a weather plan that outlines all your potential weather scenarios and what happens in each of those scenarios. Depending on your location and time of year, your plan could include scenarios for rain, lightning, extreme heat, tornado or hurricanes, or simply wind speed. You need to determine what will trigger a postponement or cancellation of the event and what happens if you get a sudden change in weather mid-event. Your plan should also include who's responsible for making those decisions. You might have outlined a scenario where you will postpone the event if the temperature gets to X level or it gets canceled if it reaches a level above that. But you might have a situation that is somewhere in between. And so you need to have somebody that is willing and able to make those tough decisions. You also have to have a plan in place for how you're going to communicate any changes to your event to your guests, especially if you were to get a sudden change of weather during the event. Now, before you start creating your own inclement weather plan, talk to your venue. See if they have a written plan in place already. If you're hosting a golf tournament, all country clubs and golf courses have rules in place for when they will and won't allow people to be on the greens. But if you're at an event that doesn't have a procedure in place, talk to them about it. Even if they do have a plan, you might not necessarily agree with it and may want to be more conservative or cautious than they are. Although I do think that's highly unlikely. The venue is likely to be quite cautious as they don't want any added liability. So talk to your venue first. There's no need to reinvent the wheel if they already have a plan in place. You'll just need to tweak it for your own needs. As part of your plan, you're going to outline what will trigger cancellation or postponement of the event, which means you need to create your refund policy. If the event is postponed or canceled, 
Under what circumstances will you issue refunds? You should always include a terms and conditions section on your registration form with a checkbox that the registrant has to check acknowledging they've read and understand the policy in order to finalize their registration. There are some online registration platforms that have this in place already as part of the registration process, which makes it a lot easier for you. Make sure you check with your attorney if you have any questions about your cancellation policy and the terms and conditions section of your registration form. In addition to weather, there are a bunch of logistical factors to consider when planning outdoor events. I'm going to talk about the seven most common logistical factors. Permits, closing streets, tents, food and beverage, toilets, safety and security, and insurance. Number one is permits. You will likely need to secure some type of permit if you're hosting an outdoor event. If you don't know who to ask about permits, simply do a Google search. Type in outdoor event permit and then the city in which the event will be held. Not the city where you live or where your organization is headquartered, but the city where the event will take place. You should get a link to the governmental agency that handles those permits. Typically, you can download the permit from their website, fill it out, and submit it. But if you have questions, there's usually a phone number or an email to contact someone. Permits usually have fees associated with them, so you'll want to include those in your budget. One thing to note about permits, you want to start the process as soon as possible. If you wait until the last minute, you can face additional rush charges or even risk not getting approved at all. So don't wait. If you're serving food at your event, you may need to get a separate permit for that, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. Number two is closing streets. When you're thinking about the location of your outdoor event, keep in mind any aspect of your event that might require road closure or even path closure. If you're a small nonprofit thinking about hosting a walk event, you might think, oh, I'll just, I'm just going to host it in my neighborhood. We have really great paths. It's not that simple. You still need a permit, and you have to think through how are the walkers getting to that path? Do they have to cross any roads? Are you going to have so many people walking these paths that they'll need to be barricaded off during your walk? The permit will ask about closing streets and barricades, so think it through and be prepared for those questions. Number three, tents. You will most likely need at least a few tents for your outdoor event, whether it's to keep sun off of people or to ensure that a little rain doesn't dampen your day. Talk to your venue to determine what the rules are for tents. Some venues will only allow tents of a certain size or to be sandbagged, not staked. First, talk to your venue about their rules. Then you can go to vendors to talk about pricing for delivery, setup, teardown, and put those costs in your budget. Number four, food and beverage. If you're planning on having food and beverages at your event, there are a lot of things to consider. Food handling, safety and storage, where and how to disperse the food, where people will eat, permits and licensing, and how to handle the waste from the food and beverages. The city or state 
where you host your event is going to dictate how you handle most, if not all of these. So start with the permitting process. When you're getting your outdoor event permit, ask them about food and beverages and the rules around those. There's often a completely separate permit for food and beverages. Food handling and safety. In Minnesota, there are very strict rules about food handling and safety. Perishable foods need to be kept at certain temps and contained in approved containers. Talk to someone at the city or state to make sure you're following these rules. When, where, and how to disperse the food. Are you handing out grab-and-go items? If so, are you handing them out before, during, or after your event? If you're not handing out grab-and-go items, what type of food is it? Where will it be served? How will it be served? And where will people sit to eat? If you're bringing in outdoor food vendors, where's the best place for them to set up? Do they need power? Think through all of these things when coming up with a food plan for your outdoor event. Lastly, under the food category is waste. Any event where there's food, there's waste. Will you have garbage, recycling, and composting available? If so, where will those receptacles be placed? I coordinated a 5K run-walk event years ago, and we handed out bottles of water. We'd purchased a bunch of cardboard, trash, and recycling bins that we placed along the 5K route. The park where we held the event that this path was on didn't have any recycling dumpsters on site, so we had to haul all of the recycling bags back to the host organization's office building to dispose of them. Now, we know this going into the event, so it wasn't a surprise, but it's one of those things that you need to plan for. If you're having an outside vendor or food truck, is the vendor going to provide garbage and recycling cans, or do you need to do that? Food and beverage, and most importantly, what happens to the waste from that food and beverage, are things to think about when planning an outdoor event. Talking about food and beverage leads to another logistical factor. Toilets. You have to consider the number of people at the event and how long your event is in order to determine how many toilets you need. Based on the size and makeup of your audience, how many of those toilets need to be ADA compliant? You also need to determine where to place them. If it's a walk or run, do you need toilets along the route or simply at the start and finish line? Logistical factor number six is insurance. Depending on the type of event, where it's hosted, who's attending, and so on, you may need extra event insurance. Talk to the venue where your event is hosted, as they will likely require added liability. You should also talk to your insurance agent. See what they recommend. Lastly, number seven, and this is the most important one, is safety and security. You need to have a safety and security plan. In May of 2022, I attended my daughter's college graduation in Boston. It was an outdoor ceremony, and the temps that day were in the mid-90s, and it was very humid. They were handing out water like crazy. They had a couple of cooling locations where you could go indoors and watch the ceremony on screens. They also had medical teams on standby because, inevitably, there were a number of people that needed assistance. We saw the teams move into action quickly as a handful of parents and grandparents started showing signs of heat exhaustion and heat stroke. It was really scary, but it could have been a whole lot worse if they hadn't had a plan in place. 
not only medical safety, you also need to consider security as well. How will you maintain the safety and security of your guests? Talk to your venue first. They usually have security officers that you can hire for an hourly fee. If you need additional medical teams for a walk or run, see who your venue recommends using. As the event host, you should always have a basic first aid kit that comes with you to every event, no matter what kind. We talked about the weather. We talked about the seven most common logistical factors. The last thing you need to consider when hosting an outdoor event is your program. For the program, you need to start by asking yourself those basic questions. Who, what, when, where, why, and how. However, I always start with why. If you're planning on having a program during your outdoor event, what is the purpose of it? Are you going to fundraise? Is this the ask portion of your event? Is it so people can learn more about your organization? Oftentimes, the educational piece and the ask go together. So start by determining why you're having a program and what your goals are for that program. Then you can move on to answer the other questions. Who or what? You can start with either of these questions. In thinking about who, think about who is the best person or people to speak at your event. Are they comfortable speaking in public? What's their story? How are they tied to the organization? Think through all those. Or you can start with what. What does the program look like? Is it one person speaking on stage or is it a panel discussion? Is there a stage? How long will the program be? What are those details about the program? Next is when. When you have your program is an important decision. For walk events, the best time is usually before everyone takes off for the walk. Unless your event is chipped and timed and you have a big award ceremony afterward where everyone or nearly everyone sticks around, most people disperse after they're done walking or racing. Find a time for your program when you're likely to have the highest number of people there and have their full attention. Next is where. If you have a stage, where will it be? If you don't have a stage, where will your program take place? If you're hosting a walk event and your starting line is in one spot and your stage is far away from it, you're not likely going to get a lot of people watching. So figure out where it makes the most logistical sense to have your program. And then lastly is how. The biggest issue with how for an outdoor event is how will your guests hear the program? Does the venue have AV or do you have to bring in mics and speakers? Most importantly, what are the rules around amplified sound? Amplified sound is something you'll need to address in the permitting process. Each city and outdoor venue has specific rules about when and where amplified sound can be used. If your venue or location is near a residential area, there will be rules about how early or late you can have amplified sound. The rest of the how is where your program script comes in. Your script will outline who is speaking and when, what they're saying, and any AV that goes along with the speaker, such as a video or a slideshow. On a side note, I want to let you know that I'm working on an online course called the Sticky Note Script Planner. In the course, I walk you through how to plan and write a script using sticky notes. 
If you're interested, you can sign up to get notified once the course goes live. As a bonus, when you sign up, you'll receive a free download of the seven biggest fundraising event script mistakes. I'll say that again. The seven biggest fundraising event script mistakes. Grab a copy so you ensure you're not making these mistakes when you're writing your script for your outdoor event. Go to thatsoundslikeaplan.net, find episode number 15, and I'll have the link to get the download in the show notes. We have covered a lot today. If you didn't get a chance to take notes or want a reminder of all of the extra factors you need to consider when planning an outdoor event, I've created a checklist for you. Your action item for today is to download that checklist and run through it to ensure you're covering all of these key logistics that are unique to hosting an outdoor event. You'll find a link to download the checklist in the show notes. Go to thatsoundslikeaplan.net and look for episode number 15. I just want to say good luck if you're planning an outdoor event. For those of us who are type A control freaks, the uncertainty of weather and some of those other factors can really be stressful. Just make sure you keep that checklist handy and have a really good inclement weather plan in place. That's all for today. I'll see you next Wednesday. Now that sounds like a plan.